Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route to the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food production and food consumption. J.C. Cole checking in from none other than that rural area of New Jersey, all bundled up today like it's cold. It is cold. That's why I'm bundled up. Yes. And uh, it's uh, 59 in the house. And so it's just that temperature where we're not going to turn on the heat. Yeah, because I that know. means extra looking, labor for me. I actually <laughs> have a thermometer right by where I'm sitting, and mine says 61. Right. And that is the one of the prepper tips for the week. <laughs> buy, buy, buy thermometers right and and now if you go down to the box store you'll find them for like ten dollars a piece but if you go to a dollar tree you find them for a dollar 25 so i you know we have an old um farmhouse from the 1850s so i have thermometers in almost every room so i can monitor what the temperature is and 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 uh physical thermometers not the electronic ones because what happens if the uh, the electricity goes out and the other thing to pick up is um, one of the infrared temperature guns they're like nine dollars um, off that website we can't mention and, and <laughs> so so it doesn't do you any good how much they cost there if you don't go there Right. But uh, but also a Dollar Tree, you know, besides having room thermometers, right, they also have uh, human thermometers for $1.25. And of course, that's going to be incredibly important to be able to monitor our temperature, um, and, you know, if, uh, if things go bad and uh, you can't get to the doctor real quick. You know, people just forget about those, those times, you know, uh, when we were raised. And, and it brings back that um, uh, that song from the 1960s, um, uh, 98.6, It's Good to Have You Back Again, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember that song. It was 1967 by a guy named Keith, right? Oh. And, uh, right? But anyway, uh, it has a good beat to it, but it, it, it's, so, it's so crucial. 98.6 that's that's where our uh, temperature for the mm. human body uh, i thought they is. moved it up i thought they now said the human body is typically 98.8 well uh, yeah I'll you know new and improved. right now it's more about 100 it's getting mad at everything <laughs> <laughs> okay let me start off with a little this day in history what happened on this day in history in 1966 1966. Yeah. Ooh, 57 years ago today. You should know this. I, I missed that one. Oh, and, and I, I this week I've been being attacked by computer gremlins. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I couldn't do my report as thorough as, as, as well, possible. This yeah. day in 47 needs to be talked about before we get out of here. But this day in 66, Leona Luce had her firstborn child. And named him Trent, even though his dad wanted to name him Oliver. Thank goodness for your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Who wants to be named after a tractor? Well, that's what he was (laughs) fixing to do. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> right. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Right. And uh, and many more. And there's right. no prepping value in that knowledge. I just, you know, just had to say that you're always testing me on this day in history. I thought I'd give you a little test. Well, well, I, yes, I, I, I guess I should have, you know, I, I don't even know if we could, uh, if we could search for that on the internet. Well, I'm getting right, texts anyway. left and right because, you know, Facebook still operates as though they are me. They are not me. I've been banned from Facebook since November 11th last year, but it must still be reporting birthdays and people who actually know that I've been banned are sending me texts left and right. So, well, yes, I, I am. Um, I, I, I haven't been banned by Facebook because I never joined. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I'm not I was already I was already suspicious about it, so I wouldn't join. Right. They but, canned uh, me yeah. from Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp all the same day, November eleventh. Right. And it was the week after I was at the border in Eagle Pass. And I reported standing in front of Pedros Negros in front of the, the river, the Rio Grande River. And I said, What I've learned here about the drug and child trafficking crossing this river. I will put a stop to seven days later. Boom. I was put a stop to on some social media outlets. Gotta be careful which battles you pick. And, and uh, uh, I don't care who bans me from what. That's a battle I'll pick every day. More so, is, or is it the advertisement of the battle? Right? Yeah, you're right. It's about being strategic. That that part's true. You just go out there and say, "I'm going to be the giant slayer, and, and I'm going to go kick him right in the shin," and then you get stomped on <laughs> because you gave him a warning. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, and, and actually, that's if you think about it, that's what we're doing. We're we're creating we're creating food security so that we take back control of our food production from the giants. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be waving a red flag in front of that bolt, right? I'd rather just keep it under the, you know, the low, low and just do it. The art but of war. I read the, the book. art of war. That, that, that part's true. So, so along on prepper tips, <laughs> prepper tip two, make sure you have good tires because I've been going through that where, um, you know, I have a dually, so it has six tires on it. Right. And um, and I, I learned a bunch of lessons. One of my tires delaminated. So I brought it to the um, the local tire place and uh, I had an older spare and they wouldn't put it on because the spare was older than seven years, it was 13 years old, but still OK in some ways. But they said our liability won't cover that. So we won't do it. And if you look at how much this damn liability has destroyed business in America. Oh, that's, man. Part, that's part of the cancers that we're dealing with. Absolutely. And, that's and, a great and, uh, thought. I should put together a formula and just look at what we pay in insurance and taxes and things like that as part of our daily. I'm sure it's, this is all recorded somewhere. How do you know what, what's accurate or not? the percentage of our income that we pay to insurance and taxes and as some direct result of a policy would be astronomical. Right. And, and, and especially towards healthcare. I mean, yeah. just imagine what the, um, 
the insurance for a doctor is. And it gets to the point where the doctors are no longer wanting to be in private business and they go into a corporation and then they're controlled by the bean counter. Uh, we saw this with the hospitals, you know, that the doctors now have become employees and, and uh, the administration tells them what to do. Either, what, either that or they get fired. You know, and, and so we've got this, and, and the same thing, it just goes all the way up to the FDA. The FDA is, okay, this is, a, this is what you have to do um, to prescribe. And if you don't do that, you know, if you go out of that balance, you're, you're open for liability. And so this is, again, another attack on our entire system. And of course, I don't think, and it, it goes all the way back to, I think the late 70s, early 80s, when all of a sudden lawyers were allowed to advertise. Right. Before that, they were not. So they got that changed somehow. And then they're like, have you been wrongfully hurt? Come to our law office and we will look at your case and it costs you zero, but you could make a million dollars. You know, and, 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 and this, is, this is just destroying it. I worked as a ski patrol for years and so I got to see some of the ski uh, the litigations from people. A woman walked out onto the ski slope on the flat section, on the flat section, you know, covered with snow. She stepped in a puddle that had ice under it, slipped and broke her pelvis. She sued the mountain oh, I'm sure. for false advertising. She oh, on the advertising, it didn't say that walking on snow could be slippery and dangerous. Yeah. Some attorney put her up to that. Right. The attorney adds, I'm hearing right now, JC, that just make my skin crawl is there's a, a plethora of ads on radio just driving down the road. I hear with the divorce attorneys trying to encourage and incite divorces. And, hey, I'm here for you to help get what is yours. Yeah. Roll route. Yeah. JC Cole, Trent Lewis, more of what is yours is ours after this. Oh, wait, that sounds like social. Let's talk about the National Western in Denver, Colorado. You know what? It's high time we really get down in the dirty about where our future food and fuel is coming from. And Colorado is a key. It's a tip of the spear, so to speak. What happens in Colorado is going to put a negative slant on everything in the Great Plains of America. For that reason, I suggest whether you're in Colorado or Minnesota or Wisconsin, making your way to Denver in January is going to be a wise move. There's going to be a discussion about food and resources like never before. The NationalWestern.com. In NationalWestern.com. See you in January in Denver. Welcome back. All right. Trent Loose alongside J.C. Cole. Okay. What happened on this day in 1947? Because I got a feeling it's going to lead us into what you wanted to talk about for the most time, other than prepping. 1947. Um, did, um, uh, he was already gone. It was, uh, um, uh, Geez, FDR approved the, uh, the Manhattan Project, but I think that was uh, uh, October the, the 10th. Uh, well, so what happened? Through the United Nations, the United States, along with Egypt and Palestine, agreed on an area that would be later known as Israel. Right. Uh, it lasted yeah. for six hours. Civil war broke out on the next day, and it dissolved that plan to do 
I just found it interesting that that all happened on this day in 1947, given the misinformation that we're getting today from the same region. I don't know what's true and what's not. I'm just assuming all of it is agenda trying to sway me one way or the other. It, 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 I believe that it is an agenda and it's, and then it's by uh, a pretty um, a dangerous group. And my, my opinion is they're trying to fulfill the biblical timeline. And that is to create um, uh, basically World War III, which mm-hmm. in the Bible would be the, the war between Gog and Magog. And, so um, they're trying I wanted to you to define to... something. You said a pretty dangerous group. I, I don't know who the dangerous group is. Is it the Mossad who's pretending to be the Jews we appreciate, or is it Hamas who are clearly terrorists? Because it looks to me like they're about equal. I think both. Yeah. You know, if you go back all the way to Lenin, the best way to lead the opposition, I mean, to control the opposition is lead it ourselves. Right. So you have the these bloodlines, and this goes all the way back probably to, yes, this day in history. Um, uh, let's see, I, I'll just drop this one in. October 9th, 1192, Richard I leaves the Holy Land. So the, the King of England leaves the Holy Land to go back to England after initiating a three-year truce ending the Third Crusade. Mm. So so that's a thousand years we've been fighting over this territory. What's with this territory, right? And what's with these bloodlines fighting over these territories? You know that that uh, the 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 royal the royal houses of of Europe fighting over um, basically the um, uh, the Holy Lands. And now you get very strange things like Mount Hermon is controlled by the United Nations. Well, clearly, clearly in the Bible, it says the uh, the fallen angels landed on Mount Hermon. With every bit of chaos, it seems like the United Nations garners more control. And I think it was it was this week sometime in history back about um, about that time of 47 that the U.N. um, uh, came to the United came to New York City. Oh, and of course. And, of course, they came to New York City because the Rockefellers donated the land for where they put the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you, you, you start to get all of these things uh, lining up, going that there is evil in the world, and it is positioning humanity towards a terrible fight, which, which uh, looks like it began. Um, you know, which, which leads into, if you recall, I used to write, uh, um, some articles called, uh, the 13 American gray swans and, and send them to Robert David Steele. And they're still posted on the website. And, and then one of them, which I wrote in, uh, 2019, right. So almost four years ago, right, in April, right, that one of the things that will collapse our supply chain, one of the 13 gray swans that uh, um, could collapse our supply chain is World War III, 
right? And I wrote, we see major powers in the world preparing for war. There, there, there's no need for a nuclear annihilation to destroy the earth and our species. Just turn off the enemy's electricity. America's problem is that we are the most dependent country in the world on electricity and therefore the most vulnerable. Right? And you and I have been talking about that. Did you see what years. happened in Texas this week as it <laughs> involves electricity? No, no. What, what? So ERCOT is a separate, uh, it's called the Electric Reliable Grid, which is what ERCOT derives from. But I just learned that in the month of August, which I was reporting that the Southwest Power Pool, which is separate from ERCOT, although connected, um, had three days in a row where we were. Are you hearing me, JC? Yes, I am. My computer just went blank. I've never had that happen ever. Anyway, stop um, talking about these things. <laughs> <laughs> that's the weirdest thing. So I have no idea if I'm still. Uh, recording or what's going on, but I'll just pretend that I am as my computer does what it does. If you do, if you can't hear, hear me, holler, <laughs> which, which makes right. no sense whatsoever. So ERCOT, speak by Braille. <laughs> we had three days in a row where the demand for electricity in the Southwest power pool was 5,000 megawatts above what the supply was. And they were able to manage through that. But what I've now learned is that they actually paid ERCOT paid one Bitcoin miner who's based in Colorado $31.7 million in the month of August to curtail their electric use. They paid one, one electric user $31.7 million not to use electric. And then this past week, the same ERCOT decided that we're in trouble. We don't have enough electricity to get through the winter they actually were begging a coal-fired power plant to turn back on after it had been decommissioned. And it appears as though they're going to, they're saying, no, we can't do it. You, you don't have a, a, a sound economic situation to do that. So now you have one of the three grids in the United States paying their customers to turn their electric use off and, or to stymie it and trying to get coal-fired power plants back online. All of this is a result of Texas being 38% dependent on solar and wind, which is are neither one reliable supplies of electricity. And they were told that while now they're at 38%, over 20% is not reliable. That's where right. we're at. Now, and that's going to come that, to a town near you. And that that that's not even a strategic hit. That's just... Yeah. That's just technology. Technology failing from ignorance. So, so let me continue on what I wrote. So a, a strategic hit, whether electronic, physical, or by tsunami on New York City, shuts down our financial system. And then uh, being a little bit sarcastic, I wonder what the odds Las Vegas is playing. Will it be Venezuela, Eastern Europe between NATO and Russia, China and the U.S. over the South China Sea, the crazy Koreans, or those pesky Jews and Arabs in the Middle East to start the big one. <laughs> it looks like it looks like India and Pakistan just threw in their nomination as well. And let's not rule out the historic underdog catalyst of world conflict, the Balkans. That was that was four years ago. And now we look, every one of those conflicts is in play. Every one. 
I have this discussion on a daily basis now in my local community. People are saying last night, last words I got from a neighbor, he said, um, you know, I thought we had some time to prepare. I don't think we got much anymore. You better be Listen, prepared. But you, you, we don't have a lot of time, but you can prepare. As long as this ship is still still floating, you can still prepare. You can still build lifeboats. Right. Yeah. All right. So, I think that's a great know. analogy. And also the time when I have to say it is roll route. We're at halftime. J.C. Cole, Trent Luce. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more after this. I know for a fact, people, and if you're not involved in crop production, even if you raise a garden, you should have an understanding and appreciation of pest control. I'm talking about creepy crawly things, the insects, the, the mites, whatever SIDS might be. I'm not talking about sudden infant death syndrome. I'm talking about SIDS and beans. You need to have the right reliable equipment, trustworthy service, to get the job done in a timely fashion with precision. That's what it's about, is with precision. More details about the Apache sprayer and how much precision you can have, but here's the deal. Every piece of machinery at some point in time has a problem, and the Apaches are no different. Here's the benefit. Simpson Farm Enterprises at simpsonfarm.com. Simpsonfarm.com has the service that is second to none. Give them a call. And go to High Plains Apache. So you have two options depending on where you're located. You can go to highplainsapache.com. You can go to simpsonfarm.com. Your choice. Simpson Farm is based in Kansas. Have branch stores in Nebraska as well. Go as far south as Texas. And Colorado to the west. Minnesota, you might want to go to highplainsapache.com. Welcome back. Trent Luce alongside J.C. Cole. Um, yeah, I don't know. Might be my computer. Might be Gremlins. Might be Israel. Who knows what happened? We're here now. Right. He's, we're back. We're back. We got knocked off there for a while, and uh, I, I spent a whole week playing with Gremlins. I'm very fortunate because one of my fraternity brothers of 40 years, Dan the Gremlin Hunter Swoboda, um came up and 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 uh took care of some of them but i'm still dealing with it and oh, oh, when- whoa, whoa 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 i didn't have gremlins until you and i started interacting today now i got gremlins i'm saying you're the gremlin source probably who knows <laughs> uh i'll take responsibility <laughs> like, but uh, um nobody else is Nope, nope. So, so yeah, you know, it's uh, it's looking, you know, it's looking quite bad out there, and uh, we've got to, you know, keep on preparing. I, I wanted to finish up on my tires. Okay. Um, right. Okay. So, is that a state law that you can't put seven-year-old tires on, or federal law? I don't know. It might even be just a liability issue that the the insurance the company. company. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. guessing that's what it is. So as being kind of a baby and whining about paying $200 a tire, right, for six tires. And as I was checking out, there was a, a well-dressed guy in front of me. Um, and uh, and the, the lady behind the counter gives him a quote, $450 a tire. Oof, and I'm, like, uh... I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I, I looked, I said, can I ask you what vehicle this is going on? And he goes, 
yeah, it's a Porsche Cayenne. And I'm there like, holy cow, <laughs> I have nothing to complain about. <laughs> and and, uh, and I looked at him, I said, I gave up my expensive toys a few years ago. <laughs> like, I was just going to say, a guy who is willing to pay $450 for a tire, he really doesn't have anything to complain about either. Well, I would say he's going to have a lot to complain about. But one of the things to note, it takes, on average, seven gallons of petroleum to make one tire. So what happens if the Middle East erupts and the oil flow uh, stops? So during our extended break, I just had a news blurb come in. And actually, this news story is not like right now, Monday. The rig news, you can go find this. They're talking about a 25% reduction in oil recovery in the Gulf of Mexico because of the rice whale. And people in the petroleum business are talking about the the loss of jobs, the loss of the revenue, the loss of the oil. 25% reduction in oil recovery from the Gulf because they're talking about protecting a whale. And all of that, JC, is on the backs of what I was already talking about, how what a debacle and a complete disaster the Endangered Species Act has been since 1973 when it was enacted. A billion dollars a year, 2,400 species, 71 they claim they've recovered, 12 of which don't even exist in the United States. Yeah, there's a full attack on everything valuable for humanity to survive. All right. So let me let me finish up with my tire example. Okay. When I went when I went to Latvia in 1992, uh, the collapse of the Soviet Union, they had a terrible shortage of basically everything. So people were running their vehicles on on tires that should have been retired a long time ago. And there was no tread. I was up on the Russian border about three hours from Riga, and I had to get to Riga. And they gave me a driver in a vehicle to drive me down in a snowstorm with basically bald tires showing tread. Yeah. And I had an adventure every turn. <laughs> um, and, and from that day on, I made sure I have good tires. And this is coming. This is coming. If our systems break, our renewables, such as tires, will will disappear uh, until until we get we re rebuild the system. So you better have good tires, and you better have some spares. That reminds me, I have a pickup sitting with six brand new tires on it, and no engine in South Dakota. I'm gonna have to bring those home this week. Yeah. yeah, I would say get a get get your machinery running. So, so we we see that the uh, the Middle East is about to explode, and and uh, my belief is this has all been planned. Um, and uh, at the same time, we're seeing mega bankruptcies in the United States. My opinion is that the majority, when I was over. In Eastern Europe and, and the Soviet Union collapse, basically 95% of all companies went bankrupt over a period of time, right, because um, of, of different things. And if you look at American companies, 
how many American companies are actually producing something we need for survival? Very few. Just Not walk many. through a Not many. Yeah, walk through a mall and see what we need actually for survival, right? And how much of a hit can any company take on its cash flow before it has to close? Maybe twenty mm-hmm. percent to fifty percent. If fifty percent, if they're really good, twenty percent if they're normal. And so, if you actually look at that, the majority of our companies are uh, service oriented. You know, it's like walk walk through a mall. Baseball hats for twenty dollars, no need. Sunglasses, one hundred and fifty dollars, no need. You know, and 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 the, tires this is for four hundred and fifty dollars, no need. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right, and and and, and so Porsches that cost two hundred fifty thousand, no need. And of course, and of course, we didn't talk about lawyers, accountants, advi- um, administrators, all those jobs that uh, really produce nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this is going to be a, 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 a calamity. And and it was I think it was yesterday, the day before Japan sells nine hundred billion. so almost a trillion dollars of U.S. bonds. They're dumping American bonds. Well, that's what keeps our government running, if you want to call that running. Yeah, I don't <laughs> call it running. Right, and you know that the red flat, uh, the red uh, lights are just flashing everywhere. That our entire system is in trouble. You know, and and uh, you know, I had a very interesting experience. You know, because I live in New Jersey. Unfortunately, um, <clears throat> by choice, I, I might say um, that uh, we're the most populated state and we have some very wealthy towns. One of them is Bedminster, where Trump has his golf course. Right. And and right next to it's what's known as Far Hills, which is the location uh, corporate headquarters for AT&T and a few other companies and APEC Gladstone. And so what they have twice a year. Um, because it's a wealthy area, they have what's known as the visiting nurse service auction. It's fascinating, fascinating. Imagine 10 massive tents, um, like, like almost like a country fair, the size of the tent, filled with donations of materials from the local, the local people who don't want it anymore, right? Um, on almost everything that you can imagine, except for um, large, large uh, appliances or automobiles. But so so they collect all this stuff that people don't want furniture, machinery, tools, um, sporting goods, ladies clothes, men's clothes, uh, children's clothes, um, uh, uh, computers. And then they rummage it off at about 10% of the, the, the value and raise money for the Nurses Association. So, so I went to it this weekend. And we'll, there are two parts to it. One is we're very, as a society, we're very giving, which is wonderful. But the other is it's flashing red lights that we have an abundance so heavy on, on items that we 
we give them away. In fact, if you get on New Jersey's Craigslist, there are four different regions in New Jersey for Craigslist. Every week, there's a piano being given away. And sometimes it's a Steinway, which is one of the top pianos. A Steinway baby grant, which probably is twenty dollars or $30,000, is being given away for free. You just have to come and pick it up. And so the an item that our grandparents would have cherished and be a sign of affluence is now being given away. That's a that's a flashing red light that our system has, has been overloaded and is now collapsing. Anyway. I and, even and think course, about it with the amount of clothes that we give away. We we being my family. Yeah. You know, you have three girls that grow up, you have basement packed full of clothes, and Kelly goes and gives it to get goodwill. Yeah. There's a massive yeah. amount of clothing we give away. Now, now we all have our idiosyncrasies. And Trent, you have one. You probably have the best collection of neckerchiefs in the country. <laughs> I do. I do. Right. Probably 140 uh, you know, of them. But, but there we go. Uh, at, at mine, Kelty backpacks. I, I, oh, really? I, I, that sounds pretty yeah, useful, I can't help actually. Myself. Well, well, it, it, one is very useful because I only have one back to pack, right? And so I still have my original Kelty backpack from going on my survival courses with Knowles National Outdoor Leadership from 1976. Oh, it, 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 it outlasts me. It, it, it's an incredible backpack. And they still have the same design and they're still in the same production. They, they've upgraded a little bit. So I, I spent $75 in 1976 for this backpack, right? And it was, it was a big chunk of change at that time. And, but it was the best that was made um, for, um, for durability. And, uh, and I was going into the mountains. I was going into Yellowstone in the, the winter for three weeks. So anyway, at this nurse's fair, there's always some Kelty backpacks. And I bought them for eleven dollars. Wow! And they might have had two weeks' use where they went to Europe and came back. Roll route. We're going to not Europe to a break, and then we'll come back after this. It's time to talk about some pest control. I'm talking about Apache sprayer, the technology, the service, the reliability. The word reliable. We don't spend enough time on that when it comes to electricity, when it comes to controlling pests, whatever it may be, reliability, simpsonfarm.com or highplainsapache.com. They'll give you all of that in one. Welcome back. Roll out, Trent Loose alongside J.C. Cole, all stocked up on backpacks. By the way, you cannot lump my... Uh, I call them rags, not handkerchiefs. My rags in the same category as a Porsche because the rag has over 100 purposes for the cowboy on the range. Kind of like a backpack. I can filter water with my rag. Can you filter water with your backpack? No, but it holds my water uh, I was waiting for that. I thought he was going to tell me it holds his water <laughs> after it's filtered. <laughs> right. 
So, so let us get into uh, some things that happened this week in history of significance and also last week because we uh, ran out of time. I didn't get to discuss something that I really liked and, and is an indication of some of the things I learned, right? So October 3rd, last week, right, in 1691 was the Treaty of Limerick. And you go, why is that important? Well, for all of us that are Irish of ancestry, it is important. And I didn't know this, right? And so it, here's part of the stuff that I learned. Ireland went through a banking uh, crash in the 80s, 1980s. And so this former, the new countries of the former Soviet Union were all having banking problems. So the IMF sent in advisors and many of them are Irish because they had the experience so the advisor to the governor of the Bank of Latvia was an Irishman, and it turned out to be a good friend named Michael Bork. And so um, he, after his term of advising the Bank of, of Latvia, he was hired to be a president of one of the local banks, and he became uh, successful. And he came to me because he knew I was a fix, you know, the American fixer. You know, I fixed problems and also was in real estate. And he said, JC, I want you to find me a pub. And I'm like, You're pub. like, okay, well, let's he, go. Right. So I went and I found him a pub, uh, uh, incredibly centrally located in the old town. And he named it D. Lacey's, the Lacey's. And I go, why the Lacey's? And he goes, well, Peter DeLacy was the governor of Riga from 1729 to 1740. And I go, he was an Irishman. What was an Irishman doing the governor of Riga? Yeah. And it turned out. And then, then I got my history lesson, and as, uh, especially for being Irish, that the Treaty of Limerick was the ending of the nine-year war between France, the Irish Catholics, and, and, and England, and that in, in the agreement, they had um, a military terms of surrender where the Irish generals and, and uh, high-end uh, military guys got to leave the country uh, um, and, and uh, uh, go to France without being executed by the British, right? And it's called the Flight of the Wild Geese where you had these top commanders had to leave Ireland. And there was a shortage of people who knew how to fight in Europe. So the other royalties would hire them, these generals, to lead their armies. So the Tsar Peter the Great hired this guy, Peter de Lacy, who was a general in the, the Irish um, uh, Catholic army, the uh, Jacobites, to lead his army in the fight between Russia and Sweden that took took uh, Latvia at that time. So as a, as a promotion, he uh, DeLacy got to be governor of Riga, and of course we named the Irish pub after DeLacy. And then the same thing actually happened in Estonia where it was um, uh, George Brown, who was one of the military guys um, who, who uh, helped the czar. So this is part of European history and part of our history 
And, and, and this is one of the problems that we have is we don't understand history. We weren't taught history. And now we're dealing with it. And that history is, what, 2,000 years old on what's happening in, in uh, the Holy Lands, you know, and, and this fight for, um, uh, again, the Holy Lands. So what's most interesting about that, JC, is that in today's world, we thank and appreciate 247 years worth of military service by families who've sacrificed to keep our country free, but they do it for the love of country. And we can't relate to some general who is in Ireland and then gets hired to build an army that ultimately is going to fight Ireland. We can't get, we can't get our mind around that in today's world. Yes. And now, now, interestingly enough, October the 9th, 1781, the Americans under George Washington, uh, along with the French army, begin the bombardment of Yorktown, which was the last battle of the American Revolution. That, that finally, in October 19th, um, Cornwallis surrendered. So that's 10 days from now. And we'll discuss it next week. But there we have it. We are at the, this precipice where we are the, com- the only country that was based on freedom of the middle, you know, the, the average citizen. And now it's under attack. And yet too many people don't realize it's under attack. If we just would wake up and not be complacent, we would have no issues. Right. And some, uh, uh, our, uh, part of our government has been hijacked the same with the Brits and they are starting a war, um, with Russia Right. And, and Putin came out this week and warns that Russia will uh, nukes if that if Russia nukes America, there is no chance of survival. The Russians are telling us very clearly, stop it. Right. They don't want this war, but the, the people in control of our administration are doing everything possible to create it. It, I mean, it's no different than what the reports are coming out that Israel knew what Hamas was doing, because I believe Israel incited it. But that's beside the point. Israel's got as much intelligence as any military in the world. They knew what was coming. They did nothing to stop it until the carnage had started. We're doing right. the same and, thing with and, Russia and the Ukraine. And 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 if you actually look at them, you know, this happened in World War Two. We knew that the Japanese were going to attack Pearl Harbor. and. Mm-hmm. FDR did happen um, uh, so that it, it finally enraged the American people because it was just, what, 20 years since World War I and we didn't want to go fight again. Right. right? And, and, and enraged, uh, uh, got the Americans so upset that they went back to war. Of course, what he did was he lined up all the old ships, let them get uh, demolished where the good um, uh, aircraft carriers just happened to be out at sea, unescorted, and uh, they survived the attack you know so and and 2500 americans were sacrificed right and i I think what happened in this particular case the the israelis are claiming it's their 9-11 well no no i I see him saying that it is their 9-11 they orchestrated and scripted an event to create a frenzy with their people actually it's what i talked about on um across the pond this morning are you familiar with the Pelagon dialect? No. 
Oh, the Helgan. Yes. Hel yeah, I can't pronounce Helganian. it. Helganian. Helganian dialect. Yes, that's Helganian. true. They want a result. So they, they have to create the reaction um, of emotion. And so they do the, um, uh, the triggering event that would create the reaction that gives them the result. That's the same as a school shooting. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Go in and, and, and kill innocent children, get the moms all upset so that you can take away the guns. And it, and very interesting to notice what's one of the largest political um, uh, forces against uh, for gun control. That's the that's the Jewish community in America. What part of their history don't they know? And now you see it that these innocent Jewish people in Israel didn't have the rights to have a gun to defend themselves. I'm so I don't know what the right word is. I'm I'm so mind boggled and trying to sort out what's going on in Israel because I like every other Christian kid grew up and lived in the where we the Holy Land is something that's revered. So we revere all of Israel. But as I'm learning more about what is taking place, there's nothing Christian about what's happening in the whole entire country of Israel today. You look at their atrocities that have been brought upon man through COVID before that. And now I didn't even know this. The largest, most proud gay community in the world is Tel Aviv. They don't practice gay pride month in the month of June. They practice it every month. There's so many yeah. sinful things happening in this country, and yet I see our elected officials, I see our talking heads, I see people that should have the right amount of discernment falling prey to this Helgonian, Helganian, I'll learn to say it one day, dialect, which is create a problem. You, you already said it, but it's to create a problem. It's to create a reaction and then pretend to be the solution. Yes. And now, now if you look at the formation of Israel, it was the Rothschild family back under the Balfour Agreement with England. The Rothschilds would pay for England during World War I um, uh, on the condition that they had a place to have a Zionist homeland. Right? And in the Balfour Agreement, it says as long as the local people are not disturbed. And what has happened over the last 60 years? Right? The Israeli government is executing the Palestinians, right, and and taking away their property. And this this is this is, you know, listen, our our conversation won't solve the problem of right. of a battle that's that hasn't been solved for two thousand years. But this is what's happening, and it's about to go. And I would expect that we'll have some form of nuclear exchange. And that will be the final word of the day, whether you like it or not. We've successfully journeyed down the path, connecting food producers to food consumers. The rest is up to you, quite frankly. And we remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route. What's left to be said about trying the certified Piedmontese advantage? The advantage is tenderness in the beef. I think people take for granted tender beef. You don't really realize it until you get a bad experience. And a bad experience from a tenderness standpoint it's quite troubling. You'll not, you will not. I'm point blank telling you, you will not get that with certified Piedmontese because every animal is tested and the Piedmontese breed is known for tenderness thanks to the myostatin gene. It's identifying what genetics are already present in these cattle. 
That's what we've been able to do with the system established by Great Plains Cattlemen, producing a tender supply of beef for you, the consumer. And the best part of this story, you don't have to go anywhere. Butcher comes to you, delivered to your door. cpbeef.com. Again, cpbeef.com.